Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome back to Jaybird Watching. I know it has been a tumultuous week. Did I, go, did I get the uh, vocabulary yeah. word right? Tumultuous, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I am here with my, you know, my co-hosts as usual, and of course, Sarah Brennan Panikar. Fellas, hopefully your week has been a lot better than the Blue Jays past week. Very, very much better. <laughs> Are we just drinking it away? There's <laughs> seltzer, but still, I'm good. Okay, it's oddly yeah. enough what I'm drinking, I guess, would yeah. be the best way of saying whatever the hell a vodka soda is. I'm just raiding the refrigerator tonight. <laughs> So, but anyways, fellas, football terribleness and everything aside, the Blue Jays had a uh, earth-shattering week this past week. The Blue Jays just could not get any offense. The pitching staff literally gave up two records to the New York Yankees and then could not find themselves against the Philadelphia Phillies, even though they put up, I will say, a better fight against the Philadelphia Phillies. So, Brendan, I'm going to let you kick this off. What happened? Give me a summation of what is going on here, because this doesn't look like baseball right now. No, it's not. And, you know, I know a lot of people were making jokes about how upset the Yankees were about playing in Buffalo and a few comments about seemed like the Blue Jays knew what uh, what was coming uh, from some of those Yankee pitchers just two weeks ago. Uh, I think you can make the opposite case now. It's just like, what was it, 19 home runs that the Yankees hit in a three-game yeah. series? 19 home runs, crazy. which is a franchise record, which surprises me. That's somehow not a major league record. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how if it's it is, not, but that's <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. Like, uh, it, it has me worried a little bit because like there's no starter after Hunjin Ryu that's really locked it down. I think Taiwan Walker's probably the closest, and we'll probably talk about his outing yesterday, but. It, it all just goes back to what happens if Derek Fisher makes that those two plays in the outfield. He doesn't drop that ball. He gets to that ball, which just went past his glove, I think, a batter or two later. And Walker was looking really good on that Tuesday start. The first four outs got them really quickly. And obviously, we don't know. He could have imploded on his own the next inning. Uh, but I think the chances of that would be much, 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 much less had those two outs been made. So it just seemed like it all spiraled from there, man. It really did. And they just could not figure out Yankee pitching. It's tough going against Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka and Davey Garcia clearly has their number. So let's just hope for better things in this four gamer because man, it's uh, getting a little, little dodgy, but not so much. Slightly dodgy. I yeah. think Mr. Corsair is going to run into this and tell us exactly how Derek Fisher was the, ca- the catalyst to all this fun that we had over this last week. <laughs> well, yeah, he was the absolute, I feel uh, the, the initial cause of that loss, right? And for the life of me, I don't understand why he's on a major league team. And I understand that in AAA, he mashes the ball. There's something there that the front office sees that we do not. But right now, the priority is to win ball games. Right now, the priority is not to experiment with things and try to bring out people's potential. 
and in a weird way, you know, you can uh, take what we say about Derek Fisher and not nearly to the same degree. Okay, I need to preface this. It's not nearly to the same degree. It's not nearly to the same severity. But, you know, when it comes to experimentation, it's kind of the same lines of Vladimir Guerrero in a way. Like, what are, his his defense is sort of slacking. He's not hitting the ball as well as advertised. Um, that doesn't mean he's a bust. That doesn't mean we should abandon the project. It just means, you know, experimentation and trying to figure out whether or not a person is going to be solidified in a specific position isn't what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to win games, get into the postseason. That's what's important. If this was a regular season, you know, 160-plus games where we're, you know, probably not in playoff contention at this point, then you can do it. Then we can, you know, sort of mess with this. Um, I don't necessarily put that on the manager. I don't put this one on Montoyo because I don't think this is his call. Right. I don't think it's up to him whether or not Fisher is in the lineup. And as weird as that may be, this front office has said out loud that it's a collaboration. It's not individual, uh, you know, up to the individual what to do. So the whole point in saying this is, yes, Derek Fisher thing is frustrated. Uh, I'm glad he got injured and not that I, th- I don't <laughs> think he's hurt. That's why I'm saying this. I don't think he's hurt. I, I think they no- realize that he's out of options. And, oh, Matt Shoemaker, you might want to, you know, toss the ball at him. Oh, he's hurt. That's what I think. Happened. I think it's hilarious that you think Shoemaker was the one that threw it at him. He did. Because <laughs> I'm pretty was. sure Taiwan Walker was eyeballing him in right field that no, whole night. It was confirmed. <laughs> it was Shoemaker. <laughs> it was confirmed Shoemaker. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. I didn't hear that part. But I, I, I just think it's hilarious that up until that point, then, everybody on Twitter was yes. like, it's got to be Taiwan Walker just rifle be. the ball in his head or yeah. something or <laughs> whatever it yeah. might be. Just went full wild thing, Rick Vaughn on him. Take yeah. a cutout out. <laughs> it's uh, look that I just want to men in black that entire Yankee series. Um, I, I think that what do they put up? Forty three runs. Um, forty six. I have it in front of me. Is it forty three? Is it forty three? Twenty runs, thirteen runs, and ten. So yeah, so forty three. Yeah, 43. 43. <laughs> yeah, that's that's inexcusable. Two, two. <laughs> nine, thirteen. 13. Yeah, that's inexcusable. You can't have that. And it's one of those series that you just kind of have to erase from your memory. The problem is, is that this is so close to the postseason and you don't want to be going through slumps here. The good news is, is that you have what it was it six games left, seven games left. Um, the last of which are against the Orioles. All you need seven. Is it seven? All you need is to win four and the Mariners to lose four. any combination of those, you're in the show. And I think they'll they'll end up getting there. But you can't really hold I know six games in a row is tough. We're going to talk about the Philly series, but when it comes to the Yankees series, I knew it was going to be difficult. I just didn't think they were going to score 43 runs. <laughs> <laughs> so just for the record, yeah, I'm going to say that because there was actually sure. two records of Yankees set in this freaking series. Most home runs, franchise record in one series. Mind you, there are plenty of occasions where the Yankees play four-game series, and their record was 15. Mm. They eclipsed that by oh. four goddamn home runs. <laughs> so this is literally like double A team playing, you know, Goliath, right? Yeah. There's not any real other way to say that. The other record was they hit five home runs in one damn inning was the other one. And that is a major league record, I think they said. I don't don't quote me on that. It's at least a Yankees franchise record. It might be very well a major league record. Think okay. about that. They only sent they sent eleven guys to the plate in that inning and gave up five home runs. That's yeah. just unheard of. And Crazy. It's sickening. I, I, me, and not to mention having to watch it on the goddamn Yankees channel. Yep. All I heard was, oh, there it goes. Every five 
freaking second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's driving me that nuts. And not to not to mention Michael K. And you guys know my love for him. <laughs> oh yeah. They've been having yeah. bad mouth, bad mouthing Buffalo already again on this freaking uh, broadcast. It's been driving me nuts. I'm glad I only had to listen to it for two innings. Um, but anyway, fellas, all that series aside, you would think that they would have been able to put that aside, move along. We're going to Philly. Okay, this should be not a pushover series, but one that we are easily in the game for. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that terribleness that was the New York Yankees and the Bronx Bombers. They did not find a way to shake out of that rhythm that they were in and get back to what we had been seeing for Blue Jays baseball for this season. And it didn't look comical, but it didn't look good. And in all reality, they were only in any of those games for maybe a handful of innings. And it was more of the second two games. Um, Adam, you want to give me your uh, two cents on what you saw in Philly? Yeah, the doubleheader is what disappointed me the most. Um, usually the Jays, and I could have this wrong, but most of the time I feel with double headers this year, they've been splitting them. Um, that second game was ripe for the taking. I feel that they had that right to the end and things just fell apart. Um, I, I'm just glad they took one, but not taking, not at least splitting that series is definitely costly. And Defense is what I really want to focus on here because that's that's the biggest bitch out of all of this. And I, I understand hitting has been frustrating for some. Teoscar is com- coming back from injury, so I'm giving him leeway. I feel like Bobachet's still trying to get his feet wet, you know, coming back from his injury. There still hasn't been a substantial amount of time, but I'm going to give him a pass. Otherwise, man, d- defensively, this team needs to wake up. This bullpen needs to wake up. And I know they're dealing with injuries. I, I get it. It's, I think Dolis is hurt now, right? Is he day to day? Yeah. So yeah. Th- that's another blow. You're you're counting on Bass to carry the ship now, basically, and Yamaguchi in the in the bullpen. I don't know, man. I it, things are. This is the worst possible time for, for these things to happen. And uh, if they're going to get the ship right, I'm glad they ended it with a win, right? Because that sort of propels you into this series with the Yankees. Um, I was able to watch that yesterday's game after, like after all the football. So I was very much in the zone, paying attention to that game. They didn't look bad. They seemed to have been rebounding and and really wanted that game and really laser focused. So if they can sort of carry that over into this series, they need to win two. And tonight is a must-win game. I know we're recording this Monday night. This is a must-win game. If they can capitalize on this, they'll be in good shape. But what I saw in that Yankees and into the Philly series in the weekend did not give me confidence, even despite the win yesterday. So, Brendan, despite the win, you want to tell me what your takeaways were from the Philly series? Oh, yeah. I think there's uh, a real concern to be had the rest of the way with the bullpen. Uh, that was the biggest strength of this team uh, for almost every single game leading up to the last few weeks. We're really starting to see some chinks in the armor there. Guys with velocity dips, I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on this earlier, but Julian Merriweather hit the injured list and somebody found on his uh, baseball savant page a serious dip in velocity. Uh, Ryan Barucki hasn't been nearly as sharp. Anthony Kay isn't even on the roster anymore. Guys who were very, very good and reliable early on in the year, or even guys who were, you know, playing way better, pitching well better than their career norms, like an AJ Cole, for example. Mm. There's a little bit of regression. There's a little bit of guys on fumes. And that's all a result of 
starters not going more than five innings. And you can't go more than five innings if you're Tanner Roark giving up, what is it now, 14 home runs in 35 and a third innings? Or Chase Anderson looking really good two, three innings in a row and then just absolutely imploding like he did last Thursday? It's all adding up. It's all adding up for this team. Uh, And it's really concerning that what we once thought of to be potential for a bullpen day on game three of a playoff series, if they were to get to a game three, I don't know how you can feel confident in doing that right now. You're going to need guys to come back and let's hope that Nate Pearson can come back before the season's end, get him in some high leverage spots out of the bullpen and he can help mitigate that loss. But the bullpen is my biggest concern heading into this last week and into the playoffs because it's not reliable right now. It really isn't. Uh, my biggest takeaway, other than what dimensions you guys have had there, was the fact that the defense did come around a little bit here in that series against Philadelphia. So the bats still are the issue, I think, other than the bullpen. But they did start to, at the end of that series, putting up a six spot in a win. They had seven in the loss in the second game with a doubleheader after getting shut out in the first game. So there's something there. It's obviously very intermittent. I'm just going to point this out that King Kirk just had an opposite field single. What, what? Yep. (laughs) So, but there's got to be something going on here. And it's almost like the sense of urgency and that fact of that, that, that feel that they were talking about having playoff baseball all day, every day in every one of these games. It just seems like they either gotten tired of it or they can't sustain it. And I hope that the team meeting that they had on their, what is it? Was it yesterday or Sunday that they said they had a meeting with everybody? They just expressed all this stuff, got out in the air, and they hopefully are finally going to get back to hitting the damn ball. And honestly, I think that a lot of this is going to start with who they have in the damn lineup. I really don't see why Jonathan Davis has not earned a spot in this lineup. What do you guys think about that kind of thing going forward here? Or who should be in this lineup to move along with in the next series? Oh, Davis should definitely have that spot, um, especially if – it's going to come down to him or, well, I mean, we just mentioned Fisher. He's not going to, probably not going to be available. We're probably not going to see him until spring training. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't I don't know who else you would bring in, right? Because are we under the assumption that Rowdy is not coming back? Kind of led to believe. Very, very slim. Yeah, so if that's the case, if it's not Rowdy, keep Jonathan Davis in there. Uh, even if it's in the nine hole, just keep him there. Um, I know yesterday he came up with the clutch hit. Um, I, I know, you know, sample size has been relatively small, but the potential is there. Um, I'd rather that, you know, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd rather that. Um, otherwise I don't know how you're going to construct this properly for a postseason run. You're just going to have to run with what you got and you got to rely on it. And again, we, I don't want to, you know, be Debbie Downer about it because we are on record, at least I am to say, we didn't really expect this given a real season. And, you know, given the fact that this is a shortened season, the fact that we're going to see Blue Jays baseball in the postseason, I'll take it. Even if it's a first-round knockout, I'll take it. And if they do make it to the next round, it's all gravy, right? So let's just – I'm, I'm very thankful that we're going to see Blue Jays baseball in the postseason. I just want it to be close. You know, I don't want it to Not be like – that you didn't just jinx us for even missing the playoffs. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to miss the playoffs, man. I, I really don't, especially with the number being four. Who's chasing us right now, really? Like – it's it, it, my biggest fear is who, my biggest concern rather is who we're playing in the first round, not if we're going to get there, right? Because if we're going to play Tampa in the first round, we're screwed. We're Tampa Bay. Yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> but I'll take it. It's entertaining. Why doesn't the bubble start first round? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what a way to reverse reverse a curse, though. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I think it should be Davis to give a shortened answer to the question. I think it should I think be Davis. The nice thing about having Davis in the lineup is you can put Teoscar at DH and see yeah. what would hopefully be a normal appearance for him in the playoffs. Agreed. Injury guys, he can't be a hundred percent. Not on how fast he came back. I've cracked my ribs before, and it does not feel good. It is literally the worst pain period because everything moves through your core like that. Not to mention swinging a baseball bat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I really like what you were saying earlier, Adam. About I don't know how Derek Fisher was in there for a little bit, especially when you're trying to win ball games. And I think the exact same thing has to apply to Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s defense, which you started to allude to, Adam. Uh, Joe Siddle on the pregame today on Blue Jay Central. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw that or, or, or got a summary from somebody on Twitter about what he said, but he was basically saying, look, you're trying to win ball games, And I know that in a regular year, uh, when you're probably not in a playoff race like you are and trying to lock up the eighth spot, uh, or even better, like they still can improve their seating with a good week this week, which mm. absolutely they 100% should try. Uh, but Vlad should DH the rest of the way. Uh, he really should. And you put Travis Shaw at first. If you have to, you can put Kevin at third, whoever at third, uh, and figure it out from there. And then that is your strongest lineup, both defensively and offensively, uh, for the playoffs and the rest of the way. Now, them showing that Vlad is playing, and this is exactly what Joe Siddle said, so I'll give him credit for this, is they're still showing that, yeah, you're trying to win, but at the same time, you are still trying to develop Vlad Jr. at first base. So it is yeah. a very delicate thing to balance right now. But, yeah, you know, if, if there's one guy who really needs to start hitting, it's, it's Randall Grichik. He's been downright terrible since his hot stretch uh, against the Orioles back then. In, in September, he's hitting under 200, uh, and he has not hit a home run this entire month. So if the Blue Jays do want a surprise in the first round, especially with Rowdy likely not playing and T. Oscar just coming back, Bo Bichette just getting his feet wet again, uh, and others who are, you know, just kind of treading water. Randall Grichick needs to be the guy who steps up and plays well the last week of the season and into the playoffs because especially if he's going to be continuing to bat third mm-hmm. or fourth in the middle of this lineup, which I still can't wrap my head around, then come on, like, come on, Randall. You have to get going, uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, and yeah, he's probably my biggest concern, uh, as well as Randall Gritchick. I think seeing him in a three spot is the biggest concern of most Blue Jays fans. We've been talking about it on this show many a times. I ran a, gr- a great lineup for the Blue Jays has Randall Gritchick batting sixth. Yes. And yeah, that's absolutely. many, many things purposely in that direction. I don't care what's going on with Vlad's bat. He's still hitting better than Randall Gritchick right now. So I yeah. would be doing easy Biggio Bichette, Guriel. And then moving along to whoever the hell else after that. And so, but I think Vlad, even in the cleanup spot, has had enough RBIs to keep that spot afloat. But, you know, all things aside, what do you think, Adam, as far as where these, you know, the offense needs to start coming from for the Blue Jays here in the last week? I don't think you can count on it from Vlad. That's unfortunate for me to say. But again, I'm not abandoning the project, I'm not calling him a failure. I'm just saying he hasn't shown it pretty much in totality, maybe in many spurts, like a game or two, but there hasn't even been a hot streak for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this entire season. So I don't think you can count on it. I I would, the lowest I'd put him in a lineup is fifth, right? I, I would do what you just said, Cavan, Bo, Guriel, Teoscar, and then maybe Vlad, maybe. Uh, I, it depends. It depends on what... 
what your where your confidence level was at. But then again, there's not much else you can trot out there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that Teoscar needs... We're asking a lot from him because I do think he's still playing hurt and he's still producing. He hit a, a day yeah. this past weekend. Um, he ran into a wall, I think it was yesterday, yeah. against That's Philly. Heard it's, me. it's like, okay, why is he playing in the outfield if we yes. need him for the playoffs? <laughs> right, yeah. right. And so the as long as the meat of the order is hitting that top four, and I'm talking bombs, the the cabins and it, all you really need is for Cavan and Bo to get on base, but the Guriels, the Teoscars, to an extent Shaw, I, I need to see more on him. And you're right, I do need to see more out of Gritchek because we had this conversation: is he legit or not? I was only going to say I yeah. don't think so. He's a very streaky this is the player. Put up or shut up time, right? Yeah, he is yeah, Kevin Pillar at the plate. I'm sorry, he's kind of Kevin <laughs> Pillar at the plate, and it's kind of showing. Slightly more um, pop, but same streaks. Yeah, it's it's the same drop. And I, I need to see more out of him. You know, at Kirk, I'll give him the pass. Jansen, I'm going to give him the pass. Um, Davis, even, I'll give him the pass. Otherwise, man, I even VR, I'll give him the pass. I just need to see more consistency out of the players that we're, we're building around, right? If VR is not hitting consistently, obviously it might be a chemistry thing. It's a new environment. I understand, right? And uh, you trade it for him. You want him to produce, but if he doesn't, it's kind of like, oh, he's, he's not coming back anyway. I need to see this core produce at a high level, and if they're not going to do it in the playoffs, maybe this just not time, and there's no doubt that I think they will as Bichette just hits a single to, to left field, but I just need to see more out of the, at least the top of the lineup, and we're have a tie game. 1-1. There you go. There you go. So, I have to make this <laughs> joke, because I think you're going to get a kick out of it, seeing we've sure. been doing a lot of Villar bashing. Lar is this year's Chad Pennington. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, 2015, for Chad Pennington. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, but, well, oh man, there is nothing more fun than watching King Kirk run around third base. Is there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was entertaining. <laughs> He's a freaking motor, man. <laughs> Love watching it. But, but so there is a good sign that we can talk about here because as far as who I think needs to step up, and I think he will, is Boba Shet. His team is his team to control, guys. And he could get hot right here in this last week and carry it into that Tampa Bay series and just be in fuego. I think his swing is slightly off on timing. And I said it last week. Saw it over the weekend here starting to come into fold a little bit with some hard-hit line drives. Unfortunately, right at everybody. For some reason, it seemed like Andrew McCutcheon was catching every damn ball that Bubba Shett hit over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just uh, vacuuming it up. So that would be my pick for who who should step up because like I said, at this point, this is his team. And I think it's just, if he really wants to wear that badge on his, on his sleeve, like he, you know, more or less shows all the time, this would be the perfect time for him just to run away, run away with it and solidify that role as, you know, blue Jay captain of the future kind of thing going on. So mm -hmm. other side of the ball, fellas, I think we got to talk about how bad the pitching staff is. And I know we have been getting nothing but short of a, uh, Cy Young performance from Hinjin Ryu. Mm. Where the hell, Brendan Panikar, do we go from here? <laughs> oh, man. That's a good question. Uh, it really is. I, I, I'm very encouraged by Taiwan Walker yesterday. Um, and he did go over 100 pitches. It was a great outing. Uh, eight strikeouts and six. Um, I mean, at this point, I think it's, it's a no-brainer, unfortunately. He's your game two starter. And it's lined up to be that way, guys. If, uh, they, they activated Shoemaker today to follow walker and ryu so that's what your rotation is going to be uh if you get to a game three 
You're going to have Ryugo game one because his next start will be Thursday. Walker pitches again on Friday and then Shoemaker on Saturday. And that gets them in line for next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if it goes all three games. So, yeah, it's encouraged. And again, like we talked about earlier, if Derek Fisher makes those two points in the outfield, I was very encouraged by what we were seeing from Taiwan Walker early in that Yankee start. He looked like he was pounding the zone and his approach by getting in the zone early with a curveball to establish his commands was working, especially the first inning. I think he only threw like 14, 13 pitches. Uh, then he got a quick fourth out. Yeah, I, I, I would be very confident in saying he was at least going six, maybe into the seventh, uh, if those catches are made. Again, who knows? He, maybe he would have imploded because, again, Fisher didn't make those catches, but if you're Taiwan Walker, you still have to limit the damage, right? The yeah. But it, it, you still have to limit the damage if you're him. The balls were flying off of his off his bat. Again, like you said, Craig, uh, pitchers that shouldn't have had to be thrown uh, in that inning. And it, he was definitely in his own head. You could see his frustration on the mound. It almost uh, was yeah. Marcus Stroman with the amount, the amount of motion. that You could just see it was teaming. He wasn't showing it like by throwing his glove around or anything, but you could just yeah. see it. it was just like this constant anger on it. And oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I don't know how anybody would have overcame that level of bullshit. Put it lightly, <laughs> and been able yeah. to that inning, surviving it. Let alone somebody as talented as Walker. So I agree with you wholeheartedly that that was literally the whole downfall this past week, and it just it's, they couldn't get out of it. The whole team fell into a funk from that period. Yeah, yeah it's too bad. And you know, um, I think we could all agree we could maybe see Wednesday's game coming this past Wednesday with Roark at Yan- Yankee Stadium, a guy who just has been getting crushed with the long ball in a stadium where a lot of the home runs that left last week wouldn't leave it 29 other ballparks other than Yankee Stadium. Uh, Yankee Stadium Watch special or not, just saying. you got to keep the ball in the yard. So, it, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Roark goes again tomorrow. I think that puts him in line for the last game of the season. Hopefully that doesn't mean anything, uh, or else he really got to figure something out on Sunday. But uh, right now, Tanner Roark and Chase Anderson aren't on my playoff roster. They just can't be at this point it's not good enough yeah yeah there. yeah i would agree and it's unfortunate because roark was the one that was uh you know spitting fire last week about yeah. getting pulled and whatnot and you know he, when you talk a big game you set a precedent right and then you get rocked right and it's not that i can't take him seriously but i can't take him seriously so <laughs> you know I, I i i don't feel comfortable having someone like that on my postseason roster uh, I have no problem with it as a, maybe a fifth starter during the regular season in a normal pace, whatever. You you get what you get out of your fifth starter. Um, but he's not someone I'm going to rely on. If I'm going to rely on just three pitchers, it's going to be obviously Ryu, Walker, and I guess Shoemaker. And and to be fair, uh, I don't know if he's getting pulled. Um, I think the limit was supposed to be around 60 pitches. I saw someone warming up in the bullpen tonight. But for at least the first two, uh, was it two innings? He looked sharp, right? He, lo- he looked pretty good. The control was there. He didn't look like he was uh, coming off an, uh, the injured list. So I think um, you have to consider him for number three. Um, I don't see see if, if Pearson does make his way back. I don't see him finding his way back in the starting rotation. In fact, I think the front office said that's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And as we talked about the, with the bullpen, this team is thirsty for some deep relief and call me crazy guys. Maybe this is something we'll talk about later. Uh, Nate Pearson as your closer, you could do a lot worse right now. You could totally do a lot worse. Um, But in terms of a solid three, you're really pushing your chips in with Shoemaker coming off the injured list. But what other choice do you have really? 
one turn in the lineup for Chase Anderson. <laughs> yeah. So you're going for an opener philosophy, yeah. I hate that um, idea. What do you guys think about Robbie Ray? Because we saw against the Mets, he went five and looked really good. And then in that doubleheader, what I was able to see of that first game, he looked pretty good until he absolutely imploded, I think, in the fourth and the fifth inning. But Ray, in a short spurt, uh, is either way too scary to work out of the bullpen or to start with all of his control issues, or you catch lightning in a bottle like they have a few times this year with Robbie Ray against the Marlins and the Mets. Uh, and I don't know, like the way that they've shaped the rotation now, you have Shoemaker today, you have Roark tomorrow, Anderson, and then you got to go back to Ryu, um, Walker. Uh, yeah, and it goes back again. So I don't know where Robbie Ray fits into this equation. And I haven't seen enough from Ross Stripling either to feel confident in him. So uh, where do you guys think Robbie Ray fits into all this? Because I'm a little torn on him because I think they were kind of hoping if he had a good outing on Friday that he could work his way in and kind and be your third starter. But now that Shoemaker's back, it seems like it's an open competition. I need to give Robbie Ray one more start. I don't care. I don't know why the hell yeah. Roark deserves any more starts with his team. I'd be letting Robbie Ray pitch in that spot. That would be my belief. Because in all reality, I wouldn't be... Right now, if the season ends it, today, and I had to play a pitching roster up, I would be probably including Robbie Ray because I, I'm definitely not including Roark. I don't think I can include Chase Anderson. And I do have at least a nice wild card with somebody that can throw the ball pretty damn hard and miss bats in Robbie Ray. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, I, I love the grunting. <laughs> There's that. That's the best part like of his Serena Williams. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the grunting. But uh, I, otherwise, I, I don't hate the idea of an opener for, with him. I, you're right. The stuff is there. It's it's the control. And it really reminds me of Sean Reed Foley, but with better stuff than Sean Reed Foley. Um, yep. So I, I, I don't hate it, especially if you're going for the opener philosophy like a bullpen kind of day. But again, if, if this is your third day, right, if, if it's in the best of three and it's a split and you're relying on someone on, on a third game, I'm kind of still leaning Shoemaker at that point, you know? And it, it, I, assuming then we get to the next round, which is what, is it five at that point after that? Yeah. Yeah, then I'll, I'll fiddle with that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't hate it put it that way i guess it just depends on what we see and obviously what they see in shoemaker um moving forward that would put him in line shoemaker would then start again friday right saturday saturday i think i think yeah then yeah i i, I don't hate it i think that it lines up yeah i think that i think that's probably your best bet but if it comes down to ray fine so Fellas, we are in the last week of baseball for the regular season. Obviously, we have the Yankees. We have the Baltimore Orioles coming up. What do you have to see happen in the next week, Mr. Corsair? (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so we've bashed on Montoyo a lot, or at least I have, um, on this show. Um, I, I have to say, and we've had, you know, People tweet in. I, I don't remember when this was, and I'm sure we, we failed, or at least I failed to address it. Um, giving him his due diligence when he's doing something well. By the way, we're up 3 1. Um, Richard, do something? I'm yeah, must be yeah. delayed. He, Finally, yeah, he had a, <laughs> yeah, he had a oppo base hit. Um, he hasn't been 
running into these same mental errors with his uh, lineups, with his bullpens, with um, his decision makings. Again, that Derek Fisher thing, I don't think that was him. Um, the only thing you can really fault him with was the uh, the Walker pull earlier last week. Um, but otherwise, there's obviously there's an analytical philosophy behind that. So for Montoya, I don't need to see anything. I just keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully, you have a little bit more autonomy with what you do with the lineup. Minus, I, I feel like this guy's due for a home run. Um, when it comes to, when it comes to the bullpen, that's my biggest concern. We've talked about this already. Um, I need to see the bullpen tighten. We have, you know, given the fact that a lot of people are hurt in the bullpen or would be in the bullpen, there still are a, a semi decent amount of options. I need that tightened. Right, I, I, I know when it comes to the postseason, if we're in a deficit, you need to throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. And at that point, sure, throw whoever in there. But at no point do I want to get into a, a, a situation where guys are being too, pulled too early if we're feeling it. Guys are being you know not relied on based strictly on analytics. I think postseason baseball is different, and we need to trust the feel a little bit more. I'm not saying there's no place for analytics, but just a little bit more trust your intuition. Um. And I need to see more pop in this offense. Randall Graycheck, that was a clutch oppo base hit. I need to see more. That That's a really good start, but I need to see more. Um, and I need to see this lineup solidified. I need to know who's batting where. Don't even think about it. That's going to take off the mental pressure for everyone involved. Don't mess with DHs here and put Joe Panic at DH and number seven in the lineup. I don't want to <laughs> see that. Just solidify it. Make it the same every single day of the playoff run just to give that mental load a, a break from these players so they could just focus on winning. That is what I need to see in the postseason. So just to say it, Adam Corsair, you have plenty of fans apparently on Twitter as uh, James Savani's um, at James Savani is yelling out, yes, another Charlie Basher and give me some God given space. So just oh, saying man. we are uh, having a good time on the Twitter feed tonight. <laughs> so, Sweet. Um, on that note, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I do don't. They should be playing this last week like this is the playoffs already. Yes. Otherwise, it's oh, not yeah. going to work properly, and they're not going to be able to do anything come this series against the Rays. And I know we have been playing the Rays well early in the season, but this team has changed a lot. Oh yeah. Since that first series, Mr. Panikar, what do you see? What do you need to see in this next week? Yeah, I want them to get on a little bit of a run. If you finish the, the year with maybe like a four and three homestand, maybe even five and two, if you can take two and maybe sweep the eight or the uh, Orioles or whatever, just have a winning uh, homestand going into the playoffs because this is probably the last time you're playing in Buffalo for the year because you're definitely not getting fourth anymore. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. And the bullpen needs to tighten up because when you get into a playoff series, uh, whether it's one game, three games, five or seven, uh, there's a very, very small group of relievers that you're actually using. And right now, based on who's healthy, you're probably going to count on Anthony Bass, Rafael Dolis, AJ Cole, Ryan Barucki, Thomas Hatch. And those are probably your five that you're going to ride or die with through the entire postseason. After that, if you need to use another reliever, which I really hope you don't, I really don't know who else comes up. Somebody's got to step up this last week. Like you got a collection of guys like Yamaguchi, who has been pretty good in some spurts, pretty bad in others. Uh, you have Ross Stripling, who could also step up a little bit. Uh, who knows what TJ Zoe can bring. The one guy I'm intrigued of, and I hope we see more of, is Patrick Murphy. I really do, because he could be an X-factor, much like Nate Pearson, 
if they get inserted into that bullpen, that really makes up for the loss of a Julian Merriweather uh, and an Anthony Kay, both of whom will probably not be on this playoff roster. So the bu- I think the bullpen tightening up needs to be the most important thing we see this last week because that's how the, this team was winning games uh, midway through August and midway through September until the last few weeks. They would get five decent innings, six if you have Ryu or Taiwan Walker out of your starters, uh, and then turn it over to the lockdown bullpen. Uh, and that also kept them in games where they were down four or five runs to allow them to come back. Last few weeks, we've seen the bullpen not lock it down, which isn't giving them the chance to come back anymore. So I do think the bullpen tightening up is the most important thing. Um, I think we know what we're going to get from our starters the rest of the way. Just just one of you, other than Hunjin Ryu and Taiwan Walker, give us something the last week. These are probably your last starts of the year. So just step up to the plate. Come on and get out as quickly as you can. So, yeah, that's probably my two things. So because, you know, we talked about this and touched on it for a moment, the Twitterverse is um, all tantalized with us saying that uh, Pearson could be the closer. Is it really that bad of an idea? No, no. I I, I, look, stranger things have happened. And when you have that kind of velocity and you've already concluded, by the way, Vladdy, clutch it. Um, when you've already concluded that he's not going to be part of the starting rotation, you want to utilize him for his strengths, right? He had difficulty going a couple times through the rotation. I mean, through the batting order. He did. And and that just comes with growing pains. That comes with being a rookie pitcher, being thrown into this atmosphere that, let's face it, he probably wouldn't have seen the big leagues uh, this quickly if there, it was a regular season, right? So, um, and at the same time, he would have had his feet wet for a couple of starts or a rather handful of starts in AAA at this point in a real season. So um, coming out of the bullpen, it, who would you rather have? Would you rather have him or Bass? Honestly, I, I think I trust Pearson more. And I know there's a lot of inexperience, but I trust the velocity more than that. And this is like every bat because of that velocity and the movement on it. So right. no, it's plenty of good sense. Brendan, the stuff is good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Nate Pearson stuff would be the best in the bullpen. Um, I do need to see it once or twice before we cement him in there. So if he can get back, I think he threw a sim game yesterday or this or this afternoon uh, off the mound. It looks like he's close, but we've been hearing that for the past two weeks that Nate Pearson is close. I need to see it once or twice in a high leverage spot. So maybe let's say he gets activated tomorrow or Wednesday. You throw him out there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, maybe two, maybe even three of those games to get him in there, get some experience. And then I can see him in the seventh. I could see him in the eighth. Uh, and if he really starts looking dominant, pull a David Price from the 2008, was it the 2008 race yes. that yeah. went to the World Series? Put Nate Pearson in the highest leverage situation possible. And we've seen what David Price turned out to be. So why not follow a similar approach with Nate Pearson? Uh, but it, it would be good to have those options again, because as we just went through, the circle of trust is going to tighten in the postseason and Nate Pearson can put himself in there pretty quickly with a few dominant outings before the playoffs come around. Yeah, just to say the uh, Mariners did with Randy Johnson against the uh, Yankees in 95 as well. Yeah. It worked out pretty yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Part of the reason that baseball was saved in, in uh, Seattle with that Ken Griffey Jr. running around the bases on Edgar Martinez. So <laughs> it is good. But yeah, it's good to see the Blue Jays actually up five to one on this one, guys. This hopefully is the start of good things coming for this next week but before we go it but uh this week after we now talk to death some of this stuff or what's coming in the next week other than the fact that obviously i think we need to sweep the orioles to make sure we do this right yes <laughs> yeah 
just again make sure we're not completely demoralized for the uh, you know the upcoming Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay series because they would have home field advantage for that series. Um, Jen Smith, you uh, for this. I'll let you introduce this uh, Brendan. Seeing you were uh, nice enough to talk to her about possibly doing this on the show this evening. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, a very good question that got a lot of traction on Twitter. So thanks, Jen, if you're listening, uh, or when you do listen, hopefully, uh, for letting us use the question. Uh, it's a good talking point because, you know, the season's wrapping up. It's a shortened season, but there have been some flashes of good, some flashes of bad, and some in between. So the question was, that piqued by interest, who or what has been the greatest disappointment or concern for the Blue Jays' future? Uh, after just the 60 games that we're about to play. So, I mean, with that, uh, Craig, do you want to go first since you're the host? <laughs> you found the question. I'm going to let you feel this one first. I have a strange <laughs> feeling you already had one. Otherwise, you wouldn't have told me to bring this up. <laughs> no, no. It just, I just wanted to open it up for debate. I really do. Uh, I think it's interesting because there are some very encouraging signs moving forward. I think this team has discovered that maybe the outfield isn't in as dire space as it, we thought with Lourdes Gurriel and the Oscar on the corners. Uh, center field, still up for debate. Randall had a hot streak. It's very clear it was only a hot streak uh, and not a potential for a real breakout like the Oscar, like Rowdy, uh, as we've seen. So the outfield has kind of wrote, risen a little bit on the level of concerns to something that's passable uh, to potentially good uh, in spurts. I think my greatest disappointment or concern, guys, is the lack of production from catcher. Um, I know we've been the biggest Danny Jansen defenders and I'll continue to be Adam. I know you'll continue to be You've said it already and Craig, you as well. But I, I think I brought this up last week or maybe it was two weeks ago going into the season. When you think of guys like Reese McGuire, Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, Gabriel Moreno, uh, and others that are still down in the system, you're thinking this is going to be good forever. Uh, and we have so much depth. Maybe we could consider trading one of these guys. With the lack of offensive production from Danny Jansen, with nothing from Reese McGuire, catcher's a little bit of a black hole or question mark, and they've had to call up Alejandro Kirk in an emergency basis to try to get some offense out of that position. So, look, I'm going to give Danny Jansen another pass because I think he needs to be evaluated on a second full 162-game season, which obviously isn't happening this year. But, man, if you don't start hitting quickly next year, Catcher's going to be a little bit of a question mark moving forward unless Alejandro Kirk figures it out behind the dish in addition to his uh, his bat. And who knows where he starts next year with this little bit of cup of coffee in the big leagues. Maybe he goes right to double A uh, and can advance quickly. But yeah, catcher has been a dark hole all season long, and it can't be that way going into 2021, especially if we want to compete over a full 162. Alex Anthopoulos said it best, I think. All the best teams have a great catcher regardless mm -hmm. of offense or talent behind the plate. It's all about controlling the pitching staff. And right now, I think Danny Jansen is doing a pretty good job of that part. you got to think of how many moving parts have been in this rotation and bullpen over the last, now, two seasons. And it's slightly obscene. There has been so many arms coming through this rotation. It's not even funny. And I think he's done an adequate job on that. I think the biggest part for Danny Jansen is that he needs to hurry up and get the bat going. And I think this is the biggest thing going forward for him. And guys, I'm, I've been pleasantly impressed with Alejandro Kirk, and I was a fan before. I'd be honestly shocked if he is not up for some point of next season. I don't think he'll make the team, but it's going to be one of those guys that the veteran, quote-unquote, backup 
ain't quite going to cut it. And they're going to be like, yeah, screw it. Bring up King Kirk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. I can see that for sure. I don't think I, I'm with you, Craig. I don't think he's going to start the season with the big league club. I think obviously because of the necessity of how poorly the catching position has been all year, you kind of need someone that can provide you some offense and can adequately catch. And that is Kirk within the system. So um, I, I think they're going to give, given the fact that we're going to have a full season to play with, hopefully, you know, knock on desk that that happens. Um, you got to see what you got in Jansen. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Reese McGuire, they just cut bait because I, I think we know what we got, which is nothing. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, things that have disappointed me, obviously the catching position was number one on my mind, but, you know, I'll circle back, dude, and I'll be the one to say it. You know, again, not abandoning the project, but Vladimir Guerrero has been a disappointment to me. He really has because nothing has been there as as advertised. Um, I it, I know it's a shortened season, but I would have liked to have seen it at least it within a couple of games. You know, a, a burst of it. He seems uncomfortable at first base, which I can't blame him because it's a semi-new position for him. Um, the conditioning just wasn't there, and that is not something that he is hidden from. He has said that the reason why he, or a reason why he speculates that he's struggling is because of the conditioning um, or lack thereof. I just need to see more. I need to see what we had advertised in this in this kid. And it's, it's way too early to call him a bust. It's way too early to say that he's not, you know, what people thought he would be. But he certainly hasn't hit the ground running. And I, I honestly believe that if this wasn't a you know, shortened season, he probably would have found time in AAA this year. I, I thoroughly believe that, just to get his head right. So I am a little disappointed when it comes to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think that, you know, given an offseason where he can condition properly, because we've seen videos, he did that this past offseason, but then COVID yeah. happened, you know, and everyone got the COVID-15. So, you know, when it comes to disappointments, Vladimir Guerrero is up there. Um, when it comes to things that I like about the scene that I was thoroughly surprised with, how can uh, you not what I do? <laughs> I was going to bring that up after our turn sure. because we've been talking all negatives this whole show. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to circle on that Vladdy thing real quick. Sure, yeah, yeah. Brendan, go ahead and uh, I know just because Vladdy hasn't been quote unquote as advertised. Um, what do you think about that as far as this goes this season? No, I, I think Adam summed it up perfectly. It's pretty much in line with what I think. Um, I'm not anywhere close to considering him a bust. Um, would I have liked to see more over a 60-game sample size? Yes. Um, I, he probably, without a hot streak to end the year, won't hit double digits in the home run. I would have expected anywhere between 10 to 12, maybe even 13, uh, in a 60-game stretch. Um, and yeah, I mean... The defense, I'll give him a bit of a pass on because, look, it was kind of sprung on him out of nowhere or maybe out of nowhere. I know that there were some rumblings about that during spring training 1.0. Uh, but, yeah, I would have liked to see a little bit more from Vlad offensively as well. But, look, um, like a lot of these kids, um, the same that we just gave Danny Jansen, uh, the need for a second full 162-game season, Vlad hasn't even had one. I know he got called up in April last year. Uh, and he was dealing with, uh, with like, getting extremely fatigued towards the end of the year. If he fixes his, his conditioning, comes in a little bit lighter, then I think we could see more of the guy that we were hyped up to be. Yeah. I thought you brought up a very valid point, um, Adam, about the whole minor league stint thing. Mm. This was a 162-game season. 
it would have not shocked me that they pulled a Tay Oscar Hernandez and sent him down to Buffalo yeah. and watched him rake and get back in the swing of things, get the confidence back. And I will say something, a team that was going to be run by Devon White this year yeah. would have been a nice place for him to be. Yeah. You know, COVID. <laughs> yeah, I think the influence would have been fine. And, you know, a lot of people would have found that to be deflating only because of the name clout. And when you take away the name clout and look at the production that's or lack thereof, it's it's not an unreasonable suggestion. And I and I do think that, you know, given his struggles right now, because there's not a lot of offensive upside with the remainder of the, the roster, you kind of have to trot him out there and you kind of got to give him the only confidence you can give him is, hey, we still believe in you. Go out there and do it. You can't put him back to the taxi squad because what is he doing? Right. He's, there's no competition. There. That's demoralizing for him. So and for me, it's a disappointment. It does nothing to do with my feelings about his future or wh- what he can be. I certainly think he st- still can be a special hitter. Um, but the fielding has gotten me concerned. The conditioning has gotten me concerned. Um, I, you know, Brendan, you mentioned this last week that you don't want to weight shame anybody. But I do think that it is a job for someone uh, of an athlete to sort of maintain some proper physique. And he just didn't do it. And, you know, as King Kurt, you know, puts his batting gloves on. (laughs) But, you know, I I just I I do think that the expectations aren't unreasonable to be like, yo, man, you kind of got to get in shape because, as Brendan mentioned last week, a a lot of his power was from his off his back foot hitting. And when you have a lot of put on you, it's difficult to have that explosiveness. So if you want to be the best possible athlete you can be and he's seeing other people in his you know, I wouldn't say draft class, but the the people that were coming up with him at the same time last year, they're excelling. He's not, right? And if you want to catch up to them, you got to do everything you fucking can to do so. I'm just going to finish that conversation with this, guys. Mike Trout was not built in a day. He went down. He got sent yeah. down, too. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was wondering if you guys were going to pick, pick up what I was putting down there. <laughs> no, he got sent down, too. So... so. All right, my biggest disappointment, management. Oh. The general manager, I think, did a great job of putting together a team here. But whatever the hell is going on with this analytical bullshit has to fucking stop. There mm-hmm. has to be somebody making baseball decisions. And watching the lineup get tinkered constantly is driving me insane. I don't care what anybody has said about any level of nonsense. I know it might not be Charlie Montoya only. But the fact that literally it seems like everybody's got their hands in the goddamn cookie jar on this, and I'm going to say this, no project with that many people involved ever comes out that good. Somebody needs to have that main voice in the room to guide this ship in the right direction. Otherwise, things are going to go nuts like they have been all season. And in my belief, regardless of where all this information is coming from, that is Charlie Montoyo's job. And... Maybe it's not getting done to the point where I think that this should be getting done because I think that they could have pieced some things together, guys. We are not having this conversation about just making it in the playoffs if all those few little games that we lost up front weren't fucked up because of lineup tinkering. Yeah. Just saying. I know it's all hindsight and bullshit, (laughs) but... (laughs) continue (laughs) yeah i I do think that you know we've touched on this uh, when it comes to tinkering and i i don't know that it's necessarily a group decision but i do think that there there comes a time where consistency and regularity helps a team thrive right and 
when you don't have that, when you constantly have to look, where am I in today's lineup? I, I'm not a professional athlete, but I know what I was like in Little League. So what I'm thinking is... You know oh, what you're must, doing when you come to the ballpark, isn't it? Yeah, that or, oh, I must have done something wrong if I'm lower in the order, right? I, I'm, I'm being demoted. Or at least that's the old school way of thinking about it. Um, I, I just think that you don't when you don't even have to look up at a lineup card, when you just can go trot out to your position, there's a certain comfort aspect that is necessary for you to thrive. And that is we're not seeing that. Um, so I, I totally would like to see that. And I totally understand the frustration. It goes back to my Joe panic at DH batting seventh. What are we doing? Like that does to me, that doesn't make sense. Call me old school. And I get analytics are taking over and I understand what the computer says. Great. But sometimes, especially in the postseason, you have to trust your intuition. I got to say one thing on the intuition part there. Sure. There's no computer. I would have said that Alejandro Kirk was going to hit a double and have a six. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with uh, the line of consistency thing uh, from an analytics standpoint. Um, the only defense I'll have of that is how many times have we actually had our full healthy lineup this entire year? Uh, it hasn't been very often where you know you can go up and pencil Cabin, Bo, Grichik, Teoscar, whoever it is. It's been a constant shuffle. And I think especially early in the year, when you do have to get guys in and playing so that they are somewhat effective off of the bench uh, later in the year, uh, that was a lot of the reason for some of the lineup juggling. But after you get to August, late August, September, you should have some idea about who at least your top five or six guys are every time out. It should always be one of a few things. It always should be Kevin, Bo, T. Oscar, whoever it is, so on and so forth. I 100% agree with the analytics department on the pitching side of things because it is very clear that some of these guys that they've signed cannot go through an order three times. Uh, it is extremely clear. And I don't care that Tanner Roark refers to himself as a diesel engine. You cannot refer to yourself as a diesel engine if you cannot go deeper than four or five innings because you're just simply ineffective. Uh, and the same goes for Chase Anders. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, if you want to go deeper in a ball game, if you're Tanner Roark or Chase Anderson or whoever it is, pitch better. Stop giving up so many fucking home runs. Like, it's, it's keep the ball in the, ball in the ballpark. And you might have a chance to go into the sixth or seventh inning. I haven't liked the analytics when it comes to Hunjin Ryu not going over 100 pitches. I get some of that's probably to preserve his arm, but there's been a few times, I think two or three times when he's gone at uh, finished six innings around anywhere in between like 88 to 95 pitches. And he hasn't come back out for the seventh, despite cruising and not throwing a lot of high stress, high leverage pitches, which is completely different from throwing a whole bunch of low leverage pitches. Your arm isn't nearly as taxed. You can go deeper. So what I want to see come playoff time is the reins completely off of Hunjin Ryu. He's going eight if he's cruising. Yes. He's going nine. And same with Taiwan Walker. If Taiwan Walker yesterday, if that was a playoff start, I wouldn't have been surprised if Taiwan Walker came back out to at least start seventh uh, yes. in a playoff game if he's throwing that well. So throw them out the window for the playoffs. But for guys who just simply aren't effective, I'm in complete agreement with how they've handled Roark and Anderson and others uh, this season. Has anybody gone seven this year? No. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no. no Jacob Wagaspak. Wagaspak is still the last starter to go seven innings last year at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, that, <laughs> that can't happen in the playoffs. 
Yeah, yeah especially with Ryu if he's cruising, which is what you sign a guy to do, yeah. right? And maybe you didn't have that expectation in this season, but now that we're in that position and you sign a guy, this is the most expensive contract that you've handed out. You have to let him go. Let, let the reins go. I agree. Oh, yeah. So. Look, there's no, there's no guarantee of a second 100 Ryu playoff start. You have to win game one if you want yeah. any chance of going past the first round and Ryu gives you the best shot. So if he's cruising through six and he's done six at 100 pitches or less, He's going back out there for the seventh and going yeah. upwards of 115, 120 to get seven out of him, especially when there's not as many bullpen options that you trust. I think uh, for this playoff series, the uh, whole thing should be period. Play every game like it's your last. I yes. really don't think they're going to have any other choice have other than that. And they have to do it. So, fellas, Adam, you started a minute ago. Sure. That's takeaway from the season because I just want to end on a high note here. Yeah. How could you not say Teoscar? And if that's not who you guys had, I you know. Bautista sure. 2.0. Yeah, how, I, to me, it's just that was definitely one of the biggest surprises out of this season. And I'm he does remind me so much of Bautista. And, you know, we talked about how, you know, uh, Bo Bichette is the core of this team. He's the guy that they're building around, which I agree. Um, we talked about how Vladimir Guerrero has been somewhat of a disappointment if I told you, yo, Teoscar Hernandez is going to out-hit Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year, I would, no one would have believed me. No one would have. You know, come on. Um, yeah, Teoscar came out with a just hot fire, and it just calls me back to the preseason where I was saying, he needs to put up a shut-up or he's going to get traded. And he put up and Rowdy sure put up. <laughs> Both of them put up. So um, I, I, if it's not Teoscar Hernandez, mine has to be Rowdy Telez, who what a great story. What a fucking great story he has. Um, it's unfortunate that he had the injury. Hopefully he can bounce back, and you know, chances are he can. He's still with the team. He's still dressing. So I, I don't know his conditioning. I don't know where he's at with the injury. We've talked about how he's probably not going to see some postseason play. But otherwise, man, Teoscar Hernandez has just been a joy to watch. Um, and if I'm going to go on the pitching side, Ryu, but we've already sung his praise. So um, definitely Hernandez for me. Got a good one for you on Roddy Telez. What if you just put him on the playoff roster and hope he Kirk Gibson's one? <laughs> just one swing. Break <laughs> yeah. it around the right field pole. Call it a day. <laughs> I mean, Brendan? if he, if he, oh, oh, I just want to say on that, if if he is active and it's down to the last at bat, I'd do it. Sure. Yeah. He has been nothing Absolutely. but clutch. I'd love yeah. to see that happen. Yes. All right, Mr. Panikar, give me your best takeaway for the Blue Jays 2020 season at the moment. Yeah. I, I, it, it's pretty obvious that it's exactly what Adam said. It's the Oscar and it's Rowdy, Herna- or Rowdy Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> it is Rowdy Hernandez. It is Rowdy yeah. Hernandez. Yeah. Come on, give me something else that you enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's them for sure. But um, outside of that, uh, and you know with my picks to click, I'm much more on the pitching side of things, so I'm going to go that way. Uh, um, I love what we're going to be able to head into spring training, hopefully a normal normal if spring training for 2021. Um, and a full 162. Uh, man, I don't know how you can't be encouraged. I know the last few weeks haven't been as encouraging, but guys like Ryan Barucki, Anthony Kay, Thomas Hatch, mm. and even Julian Merriweather. Yes. Um, those four names right off the top of mind. I know Merriweather might be dealing with an injury, but yeah, uh, they have options. And look, we were saying under in spring training 1.0, under normal circumstances, People are going to start having to elevate themselves before the next wave of starting pitchers come. 
some of those guys have done that already. Um, so the pitching side of things, the dominance of Baraki until recently, the dominance of Anthony Kay again until recently, uh, Julian Merriweather making his debut and looking really fucking good and potentially being an option for the rotation in 2021 uh, is a massive surprise uh, for this team. And Thomas Hatch, the fact that you traded, what was it, 14 games with David Phelps and got a guy who could be a four fifth starter. That's really good business. And I'm sure the Chicago Cubs are absolutely kicking themselves being Thomas oh, yeah. Hatch every time out there. So yeah, Hatch might be my number one surprise. It's just how good he's been because they were uh, really singing his praises after they got him last year. And it's nice to see it. Yeah, it's definitely a standout as far as literally rags to riches story all of a sudden, but I'm going to go Boba Shet. Everybody saw what he did last year and got very, very, very excited. He has only done everything to live up to that exact hype that he created for himself. And we just saw him take this game to another level as he puts the Blue Jays up 5-1. to one. And, oh, if we get another one out of that play right there from Teoscar having a little dribbler to the third baseman. Yep. But, guys, like we were saying, this is becoming Bobachet's team if it isn't already. And the fact that you have seen him run with this this season, I know he was hurt, but still the numbers are slightly eye-popping. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's very good to see him run with this for the season. So there's, there's your high note for the end of the show here, because now we're going to do our picks to click. And I don't know what I should do this week, guys, <laughs> but apparently I'm going to just pick Debbie Garcia. <laughs> and hope he sucks. So just to put that in perspective, the last two weeks, I had picked Roddy Telez. The day after I picked him, he unfortunately got hurt. Yep. This past week, I picked Derek <laughs> Fisher, hoping he would fucking find something. <laughs> the only thing he found was another ball to the face face. Ball to the face. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm, I'm literally going to pick Debbie Garcia and hope he fucks up his game on Wednesday. Sure. <laughs> Brian, you want to take the first one? You're on a streak, right? So there, you know there, they're back. Because you had... Uh, Are we tied? Taiwan Walker and Adam had Kirk. So, no, Brennan wins that. Walker had a solid game yesterday. True. But I mean, hey, if you're, if you're saying it that convincingly, I, I won't fight you on it. But It would have been seven losses in a row if it wasn't for him. Fair. Fair. Yeah. So Brendan takes a commanding lead and clinches a playoff spot. <laughs> Was he up by, he's up by two? He's up by two on you now. Yeah, so I can't win. Uh, the, the only thing I am still getting shut out. So unless Debbie Garcia really does pitch ball <laughs> against the Jay Simon, I just you know hex us completely. <laughs> now the only thing that could change that is depending on how many shows we record this week. I know we flirted with the idea of doing a multi-show week. Sure. Uh, that it is uh, close to playoff time, and well, I'm sure we'll talk about this after the recording and let our uh, lovely audience know of our plans for the rest of the week. But uh, keep it open just in case it's not cemented yet. Uh, depending on what our plans for recording are. But, uh, you know, the, the pitching side has worked well for me, but I want to go back to the offensive side. And I called him out pretty good. Um, so I am going to go Randall Gritchick. you got to heat up, man. This team needs you uh, the rest of the way. You need to step up for the playoffs. Uh, and I'm hoping that maybe that opposite field single uh, that we saw from Gritchick maybe starts getting him going a little bit again because he has not hit a home run since his hot streak in August. Uh, he needs to come back with the power in a big way. So I'm going to lock in Randall Kuchik. It's a good pick. Uh, what do I want to do? I don't want to drink uh, jinx Ryu, so I'm not going to say that. Um, I'll go with the pitching side. 
I think. Maybe. No. What do I want to do? All right, I'll go I'll go offense. I'll say I'll say Gurriel. Let's just let's just make it happy. Go into the go into the postseason happy, dude. Go into the postseason strong. Let's go Gurriel. All right, because I'm trying not to jinx anybody key and important and I actually have to pick a blue jay as kind of the house rules. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm a giant laughs> <cult. laughs> okay. All right. You might have a same opportunity. There's a chance I could win. <laughs> hey, Great Church just took a walk. So we're in good shape. Hey, let's go. All right, fellas. So playoffs be damned. Here we come one way or the other, it sounds like. And we will let you all know about our coming up schedule. But for all of those of you that have not participated yet, this is the final week for those Blue Jays logos to be submitted. Make sure you hit them up us on twitter at birdwatching gc and we'll you know put you in the lumping and voting here so and if you get it you're going to get a full credit on all of our social media uh backgrounds and everything you'll have your name with the logo and anytime we submit a recording out to the podcast verse you will have that on there as well and don't forget hit those like buttons and everything for us so that we can get some reviews on apple itunes uh, Google, Spotify, all that kind of good stuff, wherever you get your podcasting pleasure for, from. And, fellas, finish it like we usually do. Let's, Let's go, go Blue, Jays. Blue Jays! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.